Good morning to you. This is Peter John, and this is Rogue Grace. And the Lord has mercy for us, not just generally, which is great, but specifically for today. And I need his mercy today. I really do. I bet you do as well. And he has it for us. How? Jesus Christ is our mercy seat. He is the covering that we need, that we have. You see, remember there in the tabernacle in the Old Testament that there was the Ark of the Covenant and inside that was the law, the Ten Commandments. Now, did the people of Israel do a really great job keeping those Ten Commandments? Not so much. When you read the Exodus and you read those books of the Pentateuch, you see, um, like the rest of us, they had their problems and they had their sin. But in the Ark of the Covenant was those Ten Commandments and above those Ten Commandments, which were in the Ark of the Covenant, was what is called the mercy seat. The mercy seat is what covered it. That lid made of nothing but gold because it is so pure. And on top of that lid, of that ark, of that box, were two angels covering the law which had been broken by the people. I am so grateful that Jesus Christ is our mercy seat. He is our covering. So that just as one could not look through the mercy seat and see the law or the commandments that were not always kept by the people in a very real way, in a certain sense, God has allowed himself to be confined in his vision in that he cannot, so to speak, see beyond the mercy seat. In other words, Jesus Christ has us covered. Beautiful. And we will be right back after this. This is a good day. Jesus, your mercy. It is new for me. It is new for me.
Of the great subject matters or the themes of the book of Hebrews has got to be, quote, don't go back, end quote. (laughs) Don't go back into the legalism of the Ten Commandments or the law as a means to be loved and accepted by God. Isn't that great to know? That we have a Father in heaven who is not looking to you or to me to impress him. And he's not looking at us in terms of achieving something. Maybe you had that kind of dad or mom. I don't know. Maybe you didn't. But there are some who do have parents that simply look at their kids as a means to achieve. And if that child does not, it's not a pretty sight. But that is not the way that God our Father looks at us because he sent his son to achieve for us what we could never achieve on our own. Te telestai. It is finished. So, A great theme of Hebrews is written to a group of former Jews, still racially Jews, who were at least being enticed to go back up under the old covenant. And I believe that it wasn't just going all the way back. It was going partially back. So that they were going or already were mixing up the old covenant with the new covenant. And that, my dear friends, is exactly what takes place 2,000 years later in the church if we're not careful. How many people enter in through the new covenant that there is no more law. It has been fulfilled by Jesus that now the law is written on our hearts, that God remembers our sin no more. And they come into the church with that kind of truth and the reality of that truth. But then, seemingly inevitably, as time goes on, they begin to add things to it. Like the Hebrews in our text, they begin to go back up under partially the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. And that is really, to me, illustrated in the wilderness wanderings of the Israelites for those 40 years. They were no longer up under Pharaoh. They were out of that system. But for those 40 years, neither were they in the land of promise, simply because of one thing, un belief. Let's look at that here in our text in Hebrews chapter 3 here today. Therefore, what is that verse 7, therefore? Therefore, because we saw yesterday that as great as Moses was, Jesus was better. That as great as the 
glory of Moses was Jesus had more glory than Moses, quote unquote. Jesus was worthy of more glory than Moses and had more glory. For Moses was a servant in the house. Jesus was the builder. Get that right. Not just generally. We all know that to be so as Christians. But I mean practically. Realize that if you are seeking to prove a point or make a mark through your keeping of Moses, whether literally or simply speaking theoretically, that is how good you are and how much money you give and how well you behave, you are off the mark. The key is to remember Jesus has done it all. He is counted of more glory than Moses. That's the therefore. So verse 7, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, and now he quotes from the Psalms, today if you hear God's voice, Do not harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore on my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. How many Christians today as this is being written out in the New Testament, fall under that. They do not enter God's rest. Maybe because they are stressed. Maybe because they're prideful. Maybe because of legalism. But they are in between. No good to be in between. No good to be kind of here and kind of there. Man, get all the way in. Get all the way in the finished work, the great, wonderful grace of God, and you will be in the promised land. And for those 40 years, they did not enter God's rest. They saw it. They knew it was there, but they thought it was up to them. How do I know? Because when they came up, you remember this, to the border, the precipice of the promised land, What did they say when the spies came back? We are grasshoppers. We are grasshoppers compared to this incredible battalion of giants. Now, is that how I view myself? And is that how you see yourself? A grasshopper? You shouldn't. You should see yourself in Jesus Christ. Is he a grasshopper? Absolutely not. He's the king of kings. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And that's what you are. And that is who you are. And it has nothing to do with your behavior and or performance. So relax. Because you are in the lion of the tribe of Judah. We'll be right back.
When I was young, I took my parents' love for granted. I never realized the good things that they planted. Now I've got children of my own, and I can see how much you love and all the grace you got for me. So that they don't go the wrong way But just like me, sometimes they have to learn the hard way I love them even when they don't do what I tell them It makes me understand your love and my rebellion Oh, bring me to my Took my parents' love for granted. I never realized the good things that they planted. But now I got children of my own, and I can see how much you love and all the grace you got for me. So going back to this incredible warning not to be like the people of Israel who saw the promised land but did not enter when it says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, the day of testing in the wilderness. That's amazing. The reason they didn't enter, listen, listen to this, you, you already know this, but listen, this is amazing. Maybe you really haven't even thought about it, but it's true. Check it out. The reason they did not enter the promised land was what? It was not because of idols, as bad as that is. It was not because of immorality, as hurtful as that can be. 
it was because of one thing. Unbelief. I know how that is. Because when I view myself, my shortcomings, my issues, that can lead to unbelief. Like, wow, I'm just a grasshopper. I'm just a bug splattered on the windshield. That's how I feel about myself when I remember my shortcomings, failures, and yes, sin. But that is what keeps me out of the promised land. Not the failure, shortcoming, and sin. It's my looking at that, evaluating that, and being focused on that that keeps me out of the land of promise. Now, what is the land of promise? I'll tell you what it is. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. When I'm lacking peace, which is can be daily if I'm not careful, if I'm not intentional. When I'm lacking joy, the same. It's because my eyes are focused on me, my shortcomings, my failures. I'm the grasshopper rather than Joshua. Yahshua. We call him Jesus in our English language. I may be a grasshopper, but Jesus is not. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. I might have my share of issues, but Jesus does not. He heals issues. I may have my shortcomings, but Jesus does not. He has never fallen short of the beautiful standard of the Ten Commandments. So God put me in Jesus. That's my only hope. And it's a beautiful hope that brings me in to the land of promise. Hold me for a while. Remind me of your love. Open up my eyes. Keep my mind on things above. Please don't let me forget that I need you every morning, every moment, every second of my day. Because without you, this is hopeless. I go nowhere when I do this my own way.
of your love Open up my eyes Keep my mind on things above Please don't let me forget That I need you Every morning Every moment Every second of my day Cause without you This is hopeless I go nowhere when I do this my own way And I need you Every morning Every moment, every second of my day Because without you This is hopeless I go nowhere when I do this my own way I need you Hold tight my hand Tied my heart Because I need you Oh, I need you And so the people of Israel which they weren't yet <laughs> the Jews weren't able to enter the land of promise because they had grasshopper complex. Do you ever have that? Man, I know I, this is the grasshopper complex. When you think or you say to yourself, man, I know I bug other people. <laughs> I probably bug God. I'm a pest. Because of this problem, that issue, my lack of whatever, I'm a pest. I'm a grasshopper. Well, yeah, you're not going. Neither will I when I think that, when I feel that I'm not going to enter God's rest. But that's what he has for us. That's what he has prepared for us through Jesus Christ, our greater than Joshua. And the reason we don't enter that in any given day, you and or I, is not because of sin. Really, it's not. But unbelief. We think it's too good to be true. And I would be successful if I fill in the blank, went to church more, stopped doing this, started doing that. No, the reason you'll be successful is because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished once and for all on the cross of Calvary when he rose again from the dead. Yet so often, like the people of Israel, we fail to enter into that rest for the soul, that psychological break, that recess that the cross gives us because we think the Lord is good, but fill in the blank. The Lord is good, but I've got an issue. The Lord is good, but I'm a grasshopper. The Lord is good, but I lie, or I have bad thoughts, or I have ulterior motives. Yeah, that's all true. But don't say the Lord is good, but just say the Lord is good. And so it gets down to this. Either you agree with the evil report, by the way, that evil report that those 10 spies brought wasn't untrue. 
They weren't speaking hyperbole or lies. There were the very things they reported, giants, massive obstacles, huge issues. Those were there. If you did a report on my life, you would see giants, that is, massive issues and obstacles in my life. You will. You will. But the key is either I agree with that, with the evil report, or I choose to believe the good news. See, two guys, Caleb and Joshua, came back with good news. Guys, these giants are nothing. It's not about us. It's about the Lord, our God. He is with us. This land is ours. Now that's the good news. And man or woman, whoever you might be, I want to tell you, it's not about you. It's not about your togetherness, your pristine character, your quality. No. The real deal is not the Lord is good, but dot, dot, dot. No, 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 no. The Lord is good, period. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. That you are good, period. And that now through Jesus Christ, that period is placed as present and is ever emphasized. Jesus is the final word. Jesus is the final righteousness of God for us. That is how you enter the promised land. That is how you enter the rest of God. Don't buy into evil reports, either in yourself or from others. Certainly don't give evil reports about yourself and others. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. No. Is Jesus, Joshua, strong enough? And is he good enough? That's all that matters. We'll be right back. soul again just to find what I've become I thought that I'd find something beautiful or some trophies that I've won a little better than I was before but still I'm rotten to the core Without your sweet, sweet love Without your sweet, sweet love 
with you today for letting me share good news because you know why now I'm happy (laughs) that's why I mean if you're feeling blue or battling the blues to whatever degree here's what you do ready preach teach share the gospel like Jesus told his disciples to do in his final statement to them before he ascended into heaven itself. He said to them, preach the gospel. If you're feeling bummed today, here's what you do. Preach the gospel now. Share the gospel now. And what I'm saying is just share the gospel with your kids or your wife or your employees or your classmate. And the reason I'm saying that is not just so that they will hear it, although that certainly happened, but you will find great joy reinvigorated. I promise. I promise you cannot share the gospel and not be reinvigorated like this morning. 
I was preparing the messages that I've been sharing. I was doing some of the research and the work, and that was great. That really was. But when I actually get on the air, and not right away, but as time goes, and I'm sharing the gospel, inevitably, not once in the past year that I've done this program, have I not felt like I'm having fun. Like life is good, like God is gracious. Now, I know we have a lot of issues in our society, especially right now with the elections and presidential debates. And I know we have a lot of issues in our families. Everybody does. But the joy comes not from sharing those things. The joy comes from sharing about the gospel. What is that? Christ. He died and rose again and now you are in him that's it your value is not found in how good you do today or how much money you make at work your value is found in how good Jesus is today and the the wealth the spiritual insights that he gives. That's where your value is. So is mine. It's easy for me to start thinking my value is in how many Bible studies I do or how many people I reach. No. That's a dead end. It will never be enough. It won't. It just won't. It won't be enough, no matter how much your spouse loves you or how obedient your kids are, if, 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 if that's what you're looking for, for your righteousness and your identity. Those things are great, but not if that's your righteousness, meaning your identity, meaning your focal point of how you are validating yourself. What if your validation is already taken care of. Not based on how high a ranking you get at work or how good a grade you get on your test, but on how good Jesus is and what grade he has earned. It is. You just, I just, we just need to come back to that every day. Hey, every hour. When we find our emotions or our minds or our, you, you know how I know this is true because I'm feeling happy once again, sharing the gospel from the book of Hebrews. And I know the same is true for you when you share the gospel. Now, I will say I'm given a little advantage here because I do this for my vocation. Yep, my job. I'm pretty if you don't mind the language, darned blessed. I will admit that. But I'm just encouraging you to share the gospel with one person today, and I promise you it will change your day because it's good news that heals our broken hearts.
If your heart is is broken or heavy or bummed, here's what you do. Praise God. I promise you, he'll meet you. He always does. And then when you get an opportunity, share the gospel. I promise you, it'll lift your own spirit. It'll lift your own heart. It always does. Because you see, It gets our minds off ourselves. Both of those things do. It cures grasshopper complex. If you've been following along today, you know exactly what that means. It means, yeah, the land is good, but the giants are huge. In other words, yeah, God has promises for me, blessings for me, I'm sure, but... Boy, those obstacles are massive, or my issues are giant. Get your eyes off the obstacles 
and get your eyes off your issues and put your eyes on the lion of the tribe of Judah. Put your eyes on Jesus. Put your eyes on God. You see, the reason God sent his son, Jesus, is because he very much treasures you. He very much loves you. And get this, he very much likes you. Yeah, it's true. God likes you. He wants to be a friend of you. Now, I don't know why God likes you. I can't tell you that. And I don't know why God likes me. (laughs) But he created us. And he knows us. And he loves us. So much so he gave his son in order to reconcile us and make us one with him. Isn't God beautiful and glorious that he sent his son to make us one with him and each other? Lord, I wouldn't want much to do with me if I were you, but you created me, you know me by name, and you sent your son so that I can be connected with you. That's the gospel. And that's what we see. Don't have grasshopper complex. But instead of agreeing with the evil report, as valid as it may seem, or as likely as it may look, instead say, I'm taking my eyes off the giant problems, and I'm taking my eyes off my small self, and I'm putting my eyes on the good news. He will heal broken hearts. So thanks for tuning in. I appreciate being able to share the gospel for my own sake as well as yours. And we'll finish up chapter 3 tomorrow. And then in chapter 4, we'll also then look at entering into the rest of God. I don't just mean like there's the rest. As in, it's an add-on or an addendum. I mean, it is the rest. The rest. So, God bless you. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.